BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Straight up with Stassi. Hi, everyone. I'm Stassi Schroeder. She's the star of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules. I'm here to talk about pop culture, reality TV, celeb gossip, relationships. Stassi's new podcast is a hilarious look at the world and everyone in it. I want to give my opinion on everything. And she's never one to hold back on any topic. Because that's what I do best. Judge. (laughs) This is Straight Up with Stassi. Hi, Khaleesi's. Okay. Um, Listen, I I have to preface this because um, I finally have Craig from Southern Charm coming on my podcast right now. And I've been trying to figure out how to say his last name. I think it's Craig Conover or Conover or Conover or Conover. Conover? or Conover, whatever. Um, I am very rude for not knowing that uh, (laughs) on my own as an interviewer. But I am Craig and, more importantly, Naomi's biggest fan. And I am about to have him on my podcast via phone call. So that means, because I actually haven't been taught exactly how to do this phone call situation, it means it might not sound right. So there's that. I have taken in all of you guys' questions, your tweets, your emails, your Instagram questions, anything, everything, and I'm going to try and use them all. But please bear with me if the sound doesn't uh, translate or sound right. Uh, I'm doing my best. This is the first time I'm doing a phone interview. And it's not in a studio. It's with my own equipment from home. So it might not be ideal, but I'm learning. So Craig, Conover, and Naomi, well, I just have to say Naomi because I couldn't say, Craig is popping my cherry. I couldn't say that because I'd rather Naomi pop my cherry anyway. Or new cherry, whatever. We're going to be besties, I swear. Uh, So stay tuned right now. I'm about to call Craig and get some Southern Charm dirt and juice. Woo-hoo! I feel like most of you guys know my relationship with Bull and Branch Sheets. It's like kind of a love affair. It's a situation. (laughs) Um, Are you in the market for sheets? Or bedding or towels or anything like that? Or are you going to a wedding or to somebody's birthday party or for Christmas? Do you need presents for people, gifts for people? I am very passionate about Bull and Branch because I have used my own code to make this work. Bull and Branch specializes in bedding and sheets, linens, all of that. But they do towels. They do throws. A lot. 
a billion different things, but I'm very passionate about the sheets because mm, it makes my bed feel like I'm in a hotel. You know what I'm saying? I've been working with Bull and Branch for a really long time now to the point where I was so obsessed with it that I used my own code and bought my own extra pair of sheets so that I could just like have an extra uh, pair if I was like really lazy and didn't feel like actually like doing laundry. Cool. I'm just trying to explain. Everybody always asks, where do you get good sheets for people? Because that's something that everyone appreciates. Who does not appreciate being gifted a set of sheets? Because it's something that you don't buy for yourself. But most of the time, people are like, well, where do I go? If I go to Neiman Marcus or Bed and Bath and Beyond or whatever, or Nordstrom, everything's so expensive. Okay, I'm here to tell you that the reason why it's so expensive everywhere else is because they're marking prices up. If you go to bowlandbranch.com, you're going to the source. Bowl and Branch, there's no middleman. Bowl and Branch are making these sheets. They're making these towers, the towels. They're making these throws. It's you don't have any markup situation. And that is why it's such uh, a great deal to have hotel, like five-star hotel style sheets for a fraction of the price. And if you go to bowlandbranch.com today and use my promo code Stasi, you get 20% off your order. That's a lot. I keep telling you guys, 20% off is a shit ton of money. It's a lot. Seriously. And sheets are such like a wonderful gift to give anybody because everybody wants an extra set of sheets, but nobody ever actually really does that for themselves. So please go to bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. And save 20% by using my code Stasi. You are freaking welcome. I sleep really well. She's never one to hold back on any topic. This is Straight Up with Stasi. Hey, Craig, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't know what was going on. Well, actually, I know what's going on because you're my first ever call-in outside of a studio. Can I talk about how I'm, like, so excited? Like, I feel like this is something that me and my friends have built up so much because you and Naomi, your goals. <laughs> well, I hope I don't disappoint. Yeah, she got me uh, She got me listening to your podcast recently because... Um, We've been traveling so much, but we've been driving, so doing in the car. And I was like, she kind of sounds like she fit right into our group of friends. So. What? Do you realize this is like one of the nicest things anyone could say to me? <laughs> and actually, our well, I, mean, I didn't mean to say real friends. I mean like our coolest group of friends, too, like that in uh, everyday life. Um, well, that's even more of a compliment. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, wait, so you just said that you guys, so you had told me yesterday that y'all just on a whim decided to go to Disney World. Well, yeah, we were in, um, Lido Beach in Sarasota, Florida for my cousin's wedding. And, uh, it's like two hours from Orlando and we we're like driving up and getting gas. I was like, definitely. Like, why not? So then we just went to Disney for the day. That was fun because I haven't been in like probably eight years. So we got like a sweet last minute deal um, on like a really cool room and then just went with little kids for the day. So it was pretty fun. Wait. Oh, shit. Wait, that's so exciting. I'm trying to figure out how to like make it not staticky. But that is like 
Do you realize that we have like lame old like Disneyland? You guys get to go to Disney World. See, I, yeah, I don't know which one's cooler because I've never been to Disneyland. So everyone over here on this coast is always like, "Yeah, but it's not Disneyland." And so I guess you guys say the same exact thing. No, I'm here to tell you that Disney World is cooler. So you guys are like jet setting. Like you're a jet set couple. Like I follow you guys on Instagram and Twitter. I see what y'all are about and I see what y'all do. We're trying. I mean, it's fun. I mean, you know, as well as me, like why not take advantage of uh, this crazy opportunity we were given and, you know, just kind of live it up for a few years. And that's what after... I think after like second season or after filming, I think filming second season, um, I remember going into it and being like, all right, this time I'm actually going to like, you know, spend money on my trips and like get my passport stamped. I was like, I'm going to stamp my passport as much as possible. And of course, like, you know, that really didn't happen. And uh, I think the only place we went was like, my friend goes to South America every year and he's like, hey, we're, I'm going to uh, Cartagena. Um, do you want to come? And I was like, screw it. I said I was going to travel. So, of course, it was like the most terrifying experience of my life. And I was like, chased out of the country at some point. And I was like, well, that wasn't a good good first one. <laughs> Wait, seriously? Well, I mean. Damn it. Why couldn't the cameras have been there? Terrifying. I know. Well, how many times do you say that to yourself again? Oh, all the time. Seriously? Is that just like the life of like a reality person? I mean, I think so, but, or, like, sometimes they'll capture, like, like, Shep gets more mad than anyone ever does, but, like, um, and then tell me if I break up, because sometimes I don't have the best service, but, like, I remember filming first season, we were all out, like, Thomas is, like, showing me his boat or whatever, and I, like, someone actually like, fell into the throttle, and I, like, flipped off the back, like, a full, like, in, like, dress clothes. And, uh, of course, that didn't make it. And then Chef, like, fell through Whitney's mom's floor one time. And we're like, how is this not in there? I was like, it's got to be funnier. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you. Sometimes I feel like the best moments are like, yeah, we ne- they never see the light of day. Do you ever feel like uh, Southern Charm is, like, a Southern bougie version of Vanderpump Rules? Yeah, I actually, that's how I just kind of describe it, like, Mammy's mom. I was, like, working outside all day today um, in the yard, and she, like, drove by, and I was telling her what I was doing, and, you know, she was uh, interested, and I was like, well, do you ever watch Vanderpump? And she was like, well, I haven't seen it, and I was like, it's pretty much Southern Charm, like, on the West Coast. Like, it's LA's version of us. She's like, oh, okay, I got it now. Like, I want to be friends, and I want, I, I just feel like I was on the wrong show sometimes. I mean, not really. I feel like you guys are... Because they are my friends. <laughs> because when we have, like... It's weird because, like, a lot of times I want to say that you guys just, like, so much better at it. Like, you guys, like, I remember the first time I ever saw your show was I turned on, like, I think it was, like, the first reunion or something. And, like, I was watching and, like, all that, like, all the stuff that happened, I think first or second season with, like, punches being thrown and stuff. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, how are we ever going to live up to this? But then. Uh, y'all did it. We have our own type of it. <laughs> you know, we have our own version of, um, I don't know, and it's funny because people, you know, I talk to, or people message me a lot, and, you know, every once in a while, like, I'll read through them, and a lot are, like, you know, the commentary is like, look, even, like, rich white people have these problems, too, and kind of, you know what I mean? I mean, they call it that, but it's like, 
holy shit, like, these people are supposed to be, like, you know, this high-caliber people, and they have, like, issues with their baby dad. Yeah, totally. You don't understand. It's making all the rest of us degenerates, like, feel way better about ourselves. So it's, like, basically, it's, like, it's positive and negative at the same time. Like, uh, cool, I feel better about myself, but also, like, there's no hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're like, well, if they couldn't figure it out, then that's what I got last year, like, the downfall of Craig. Everyone's like, hey, we had to, like, that happened to us, too. Like, now there is, like, you know, hope. Like, our mom would be like, hey, my son was a screw-up and then moved home when he was 27. Yeah. But, you know, you, you really made it think it was going to be okay. And I was like, well, that's good. See? Even when we're at our worst, at least, like, you know, you're you're inspiring people and making people feel less alone in life. And that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, after, like I said, you know, and it's fun talking to, you know, other people that have been through it because, I mean, some people, as crazy as they are, really do get, you know, they get a lot of, like, I don't know how, but, like, inspiration and stuff like that, and, you know, and I don't know, it's kind of fun, you know, being able to just say hi or take a picture of someone making their day, you know, I mean, we don't get it, we don't understand why people would you know, enjoy watching us, but, you know. Of course. Well, how is, like, the, like, everyone in Ch- Charleston, all all of the locals, how do they treat y'all now that you have such an, like, a high-profile show? It wasn't just, like, one season. You know what I mean? It wasn't just, like, a blip on the radar. It's, like, getting bigger and bigger. Right. So, um, hold on. Can I try this uh, other, this other Yeah. What? Yes. Okay, sorry. I know I just messed up your... uh, No, not at all. Okay, cool. Well, so, fortunately, um, you know, it's only gotten better as time's going on because, you know, when the show was first announced, it was right on the, you know, the coattails of Jersey Shore. And, you know, they really didn't give a description of, like, what it was going to be about. So... Everyone here is like, you know, basically they fear Jersey Shore. So it was really hard, you know, filming at certain places our first season. And I think what helped was, you know, everyone gives me all this shit about being like the northerner. But I was like, I was here longer than actually anyone on the show when it started. Because I was, I went to undergrad here and then law school. So I had been here for like, you know, eight or nine years. Um, and, you know, thank God because... I was friends with the student dev staff already. So, like, you know, the bartenders and bouncers were my, like, old fraternity brothers. And, yeah. You know, was friends with, yeah, so that helped. So, because I was protected on that front, I didn't really face too much stuff. But obviously, like, you know, Charleston, like, true Charleston, as they like to call themselves, were pissed. And, you know, of course, you know, they all watched. Like, I love when someone would be like, Oh, I've never seen it before, but did you see episode four and like episode or like minute 10 when this happened? And you're like, oh yeah, you never watched. But <laughs> so then after first season aired, um, everything was kind of okay because they saw that it wasn't, you know, real, it wasn't too trashy and like, you know, they did a good job of showing Charleston. So after um, season two, it was funny because I remember my one friend owns a sushi place here, and I had asked him to film there. Someone did first season, and he said no. And then second season, he's like, hey, Craig. He's like, how about you guys, like, 
do an event here and like film here. And I was like, oh, Kimball, all of a sudden you want to jump on. Yes. It's all in good fun. So now, you know, it's, it's nice because everyone's used to it. So when we're out, you know, it's not too big of a town. So when we're out, like everyone's used to seeing us and like we're friends in this. You know, we're friends with everyone anyway. It's just kind of the tourists that come in and, like, you know, their bucket list is to see one of us. Yeah. I mean, well, now it's on, like, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Well, that's pretty <laughs> flattering. That's very, very nice of you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've had some, like, it's just funny when you run into, like, you know, like, Danny McBride was just filming a show. What? He loves the no way. Yeah, so they just filmed, like, Vice Principals here, and he loves, like, uh, both of our shows, like, your show and ours. Are you just saying that right now? Wait, no, Craig, like, for real? You just dropped a major bomb because Eastbound and Down is one of my, like, all-time favorite shows, like, ever. Like, in my top three, and I'm obsessed with him. Please tell me that you're telling the truth. Like, this is incredible. No, I, I'm serious. Like, he, and that's what I was thinking. So, like, we had met some cool people, but it wasn't until I met him that I was like, holy shit, this guy's in, like, 80% of my, like, favorite movies. I was like, he's fucking hilarious. And he came up to us, and um, Chef's really good friends with, like, his manager or something, and they all came to one of our, like, big parties. Like, Chef was opening a bowling alley or something. And he was like, yeah. he was like, can I get a picture with you guys? And Cameron and I were like, are you fucking Oh, my God. Like, dude. So then he's like, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I he said something really funny that you would appreciate, but he's like, pretty much what I love to do is do this and watch Bravo. And, uh, oh my God. Dude, this guy's awesome. And he's like, so then I took him out and, uh, he's like, his friends are like, do you know anywhere that, you know, no one will be on a Thursday and they have like pool tables and stuff. And I was like, actually I do. And it was one of my, like my home bases in college. So I took him there and, you know, no one was in there, so he got behind the bar and was like, you know, he kind of gets into character really well and, like, just entertains everyone. He's, like, super nice guy. And, um, you know, like, Chef spent the fourth with him here, and they're always here. And I don't know, like... Holy crap! Probably my... I told you that y'all's cast, y'all's show is way more cooler than anything that I could be. What? I don't think so. You guys are, every week we get railed out because, or reamed out because we're not Vanderpump. Like, how can you, like, you guys need to be more like that. Like, there are, you guys were pretty sure you. What, psycho? <laughs> pretty much. This is, this is the difference that I, I, I feel like, well, of course, there's like a million differences in our shows. But one thing, like, I've noticed on y'all's is that, well, first of all, you got most of you guys think before you speak. So there's that. Um, but I also feel like, and I could be wrong, and I don't, you might not be able to comment on this, but I feel like everyone, like, a lot of the people on your show, they're covering for somebody else. And, like, you can tell in, like, each scene that, that whatever person's motive, it, like, if somebody's speaking, the motive and what's going on in their head is like, oh, I have to cover for this person. Where on our show, it's kind of like we're all just, like, left out to dry. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You never have, like, an ally or like... Not really. It's kind of like, yeah, it's not really. <laughs> we're on our own. Man for himself. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why, like, I think that's why I got so pissed off this year. And so, I mean, you saw, like, I kind of went 
you know, off the book. And it's just like... But no, but but no, Craig, you, it's not off the book. Like, you, I'm telling you, every one of my friends, so I know it's not just me, like, you seem like like the truth teller, or at least you're trying to seek out the truth and have like no bullshit going on. Everybody say what you feel, say what you think. Let's not pretend and let's be fair. That's what I feel like you've stood for all season, which is awesome. But I feel like that's like, that's what a reality show should be. Like speak the truth. You know what I mean? And you're the only one that seems to be doing it. Well, and I was, I was happy, you know, that it was, well received, but I mean, I didn't do it for that. I did it because, like, I got really pissed off because I was like, exactly what you said. I was like, look, no one fucking held a knife to your throat and made you agree to do this. I was like, everyone, first season, second season, I was like, now we're in our third season. I was like, and I got in a fight with a few of them about this. I was like, like, you know exactly what you're getting into. And I was like, yes. It's not good to call them coworkers, but I was like, you can't accept the job. And then after you accept the job, bitch about who your coworkers are. I was like, it's not like this was a surprise. I was like, we're all here. And the last two seasons, it's never been an issue. I was like, and all of a sudden, you guys are going to like act catty and try and ice someone out. And I was like, dude, first of all, you know, like Catherine's still in our friend group. And again, she's with us for this, you know, as much as I can say, you know what I'm saying. I was like, she's here. She's not going anywhere. Yes. First of all, when you try and ice someone out, it always is the opposite. I remember season one of Vanderpump Rules, like uh, we all tried to like make a pact to ice Sheena out. That didn't work. The opposite always happens. Granted, now we're all really good friends. So like that worked out that I'm glad that it didn't work. But whenever any crew, I feel like tries to ice someone out, the opposite goes down. Right. And it was just, and it was so stupid because, you know, like, cool Catherine's really cool. Like, she's actually awesome. And, like, you know, everyone has different sides of them. But, like, you know, she's great. And, you know, everyone has a crazy side. You know, crazy Catherine's fucking nuts. But, you know, she was pregnant and she's, you know, sober and everything. So she was just herself. And, you know, I really didn't lose it until I remember, I think you guys have some of our guys, but I remember just. Looking at me and being like, it basically, we had like, and you guys get way cooler cast trips than us, but we were going to Chef Mountain House, and I, you know, Chef and I go to lunch, and he tells me, he's like, Whitney and Cameron aren't going to come if Catherine's invited. And I was like, that's kind of when I lost it. And I was like, you guys are now affecting my life. Like, you're my, like, I was like, stop being so fucking catty. I was like, you're, you know, He's close to my dad's age, and I was like, I couldn't imagine. Like, you know, we were all in college once. Like, I went to Mountain Weekend before with people I didn't want to be on Mountain Weekend with, but I still had fun. Yeah, of course. I just. So then, the reason, and this is what shocks a lot of people. The reason, so when I called Whitney out at that dinner um, at Chef Mountain House, like Cameron had a really, really um, passionate, intense objection. Like, she looked like flabbergasted. And a lot of people thought it was because, you know, she couldn't believe, you know, I could say such a thing. But, you know, what it, what it was mixed with was, you know, we had all had each other's back for, you know, a long time doing this. And, you know, of course, like, you know, our lives are on the show and everything, but we really never brought, like, two personal things into it, you know? Like, we just had fun. Mm-hmm. And basically... When I called Whitney out, it was the first time 
one of like the core groups really like went at someone and it was but he forced my hand i was like dude just stop with this you know this basically what's the word like crusade against Catherine and he wouldn't and i finally had to call him out and you know it, it wasn't i but i don't think craig it didn't look like you like I, it didn't look as bad as what I feel like the rest of your cast members even think. It, like you weren't rude. You weren't like, it, it wasn't aggressive actually. You were very calm and it was kind of just like, dude, like of course, because of, you were just kind of just saying what you believed was the truth. And it didn't seem like a betrayal. It, the reaction from everybody else made all of us, all viewers realize, okay, Craig is telling the truth because if it wasn't true, no one would be freaking out about it. And that's why they all kind of freaked out because I actually said it. So it was, I mean, and then Whitney panicked because he knew his reaction was, you know, I mean, kind of when you overreact like that, you know, obviously everyone saw it as an admission of guilt. But the, the thing was, I was like, Whitney, this isn't a bad thing. I was like, anyone on this planet would not want to be around a girl that they were seeing and she went and slept with her best friend. I yeah. Like, That's not an insult. I was like, it actually will draw probably some sick people. Yeah, it would be more endearing. If he just like came out and said that, I would be like, oh, Whitney, th that's what's up. Thanks for being honest. Way to be likable. And he wouldn't give a reason. He wouldn't, like, none of them would give a reason. And they were just like, I just don't want to be around Catherine anymore. I was just like, look, dude, like, we all know the reason. And then, you know, shit kind of hit the fan. Um, okay, so there's, like, a thing. There's an issue that I have. I really don't like men in, like, weird-ass, gross underwear. Okay? I'm single. So eventually I'm going to have to see somebody in their underwear. Eventually, okay? And if I am going out with somebody and the first thing that I see is like gross old underwear, I'm really not going to be interested. And that's why I love Mac Weldon because Mac Weldon is like uh, if James Bond had to go online to look for underwear and undergarments, socks, T-shirts, all of that stuff, he'd go to Mac Weldon. I'm telling you, ladies, gentlemen, whoever has boyfriends, fathers, husbands, brothers, friends, anything, if somebody needs a, a underwear pick-me-up, please do it. Go to MacWeldon.com and actually just like look at the website and you'll see how chic everything is. It's like James Bond underwear. Everybody knows that like when you see like a man naked for the first time and then like if he has like nice underwear on, it's like, cool, all right, shit's about to go down. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. That's how I feel. Um, but for real, if you go to MacWeldon.com, and that's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, and use my promo code Stasi, you get 20% off the entire order. And that goes a really long freaking way. I'm going to tell you real fast that, like, one of the best parts of MacWeldon Mac Weldon underwear is that they have this 18-hour jersey. So it, it's a material, a jersey material. I try and understand, like, I've been doing my best to understand this because I'm just, like, not as smart when it comes to, like, fabrics and all that stuff. But the reason why it's fitted so well and it's so comfortable is because it sits unrolled. This fabric, this jersey, sits unrolled for 18 hours before it's cut. 
So therefore, the result is like consistent, the fit's awesome, and your significant other, dad, whatever, son, I don't know, looks like a baller. I'm telling you, go to MacWeldon.com, use my promo code Stassi, get 20% off your entire order. If you order a lot of shit, do you realize like how much 20% goes? Like that's like a really long way. I'll be disappointed if you're buying underwear from anywhere else and not using my code. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking pop culture, reality TV, celebrity gossip, relationships, and more. This is Straight Up with Stassi. So basically what I gather, just to like, you don't even have to, whatever. You don't have to tell me if I'm, I'm on the right path. Like I would say like blink once or blink twice, but you can't. Uh, my theory is that Whitney had these feelings and was hurt by Catherine, which is so fair. So fair. But... No one else should, the way that I think about it and seeing everyone's reactions and the way that it's like this whole witch hunt against Catherine makes me just be like, oh, okay, well, Whitney's a producer. So they're all just kind of falling in line because they're scared of losing their job. So they all have to hate Catherine. Or maybe Catherine's getting so much attention that everybody else is hating on that too. I have no idea. And it was so, it's like, and I saw that too, like, you know, some commentary, like thinking that, and it's so much simpler than that and so when Whitney created the show and sold it um, you know to the production company that picked it up and Bravo and everything he has actually relinquished all um, editing power production like he gets the credit on the show but he actually has no control over it and a lot of times Whitney's anger comes from that because the show that he had because he built vision yeah it was his baby yeah that he built kind of went in a different direction once he relinquished control and so we actually Winnie is just an equal to us so like no one's scared of Winnie um you know we don't do things to please Winnie he's just our buddy and well that's so good to hear yeah he actually has like it's a very very fair like, no one has any control that's on the guy. Then why did everybody else start rallying against Catherine when I felt like when for at least viewer, I don't know if things happen like in the months where you guys aren't filming or stuff like that. I know that's like a huge thing, but it didn't make sense as to why. Like, I could understand Whitney wanting to ice her out. I don't understand everybody else wanting to. Yeah, and that's why I think I was so mad is that you know, it was kind of mom mentality. There wasn't a reason. And, you know, everyone's like, well, she's crazy. She can, you know, she's sporadic, uh, unpredictable. And I'm like, well, we all are. Like, who cares? And, yeah, I think, and we'll get to Landon. I think a lot of Landon stuff with her, that, like, happened in the off season. But, you know, when it came to, I mean, essentially, like, when it came to Cameron and Chef, I was kind of bummed out because, I think they were just like, it's a personal matter. Well, basically, here, here was the problem in my eyes. If they didn't want to get involved and they wanted it to be a personal matter between Winnie and Catherine, then they should have never sided with Winnie. You know, yeah. let them handle it. And they started to side with him. And when they started to, like, you know, exclude her from events, I was like, dude, I think, you know, I, like, when I, it wasn't until, like, 11th grade when I actually became like cool and popular like until that time I was like brutally bullied and I think that really prepared me 
not only for this show, but like shape the person I am. And now, like, you know, it's just it's not instinct. It's just who I am. Like, you know, it's impossible to sit around and, you know, not stick up for someone. And like at that dinner, Catherine wasn't even there. Like, he started talking shit on her, and I finally, like, just had it. But I don't know. Does that make sense? It, no, it makes it makes total sense. Um, well, you make sense. I'm not the others. I'm saying what you're saying makes sense about yourself. I mean, I love them, but I think they're just weak in that department. You know, it's easier to sit back and say it's not my problem than it is to, you know, do the... But but they're not saying it's not their problem. They're like, I refuse to be around it, which is a very powerful thing to say. And I just don't understand, like, when people on reality shows are just like, I'm sorry, I just, like, I don't like drama and I don't want drama. And, like, they use that as their MO. But, like, what? <laughs> that that goes against what your job is. Yeah. Well, and that's my thing. No one tricked you into this. Like, yeah. we're here. We're all together. And, you know, and that was the thing is that, Yes, Catherine and Thomas would, you know, go off in a corner and get in fights or, like, you know, stuff, but it really never affected anyone. And I think, you know, they always say, like, everyone cares about their family name and Charleston and all that bullshit and, like, your reputation. And I think that some of the people were just, like, they wanted to wipe their hands clean of her. And What? Is that really a thing? Family names are really that important. Like, t- tell me the truth. I thought maybe that it was just like editing, like to like sensationalize an ideal in Charleston. But like for real, like you have to worry about your family name, like legit. Well, no, it, and that's what drove me crazy when I saw that. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, yes, there is, you know, a very small percentage of people that care, and those are those people. But that is maybe you know, 3% of the people in Charleston now. I mean, maybe bigger. And then, you know, through the times when you wanted to align yourself with these people. And, like, you know, it's kind of a rat race. But now, like, you know, I'm not from here, and I'm doing fine. Like, Chef's not from here, and he's fine. Like, it's not a thing. Like, it would, like, I don't know. It's just, it's more like people care about your immediate reputation. And that does precede you here. I mean, it's, I could see it almost being, like, you know, if you're in L.A. and you're casting for something and you mess up or you do something bad to the wrong person, mm-hmm. you know, it makes it a lot harder to probably right. get back into it. But here, like... It's a great analogy. You know, that was... I mean, that was the whole thing is that there wasn't an explanation. And that's why, like, it's Jeff's birthday at the roller rink. I asked Cameron, I was like, just give me a reason. Because I didn't want to call Whitney out. I was like, just tell me why. Like, literally, she could have made up something. And they just never would. She's like, well, take it up with Whitney. And I was just like, all right, well. See, this this is what kind of bothers me is that, like, I feel like a lot of the times there's no follow through with something. Like, even when, like, at the last, the, the last episode when Sheb State, Audrey, right? We're, uh, shit. Uh, I just had, like, a, cool. a brain freeze. But meaning when Shep, when, oh, Robin, when Robin said that. That was a, I'm sorry, like, that was, she wasn't saying, like, do you think maybe Landon will, like, it was, you don't, if you don't think that Landon did that, then you don't ever say, do you think she finally will admit, or do you think she will admit, admit that verb right there, that to me, like, shows guiltiness. Like, she didn't say, do you think Landon will say 
that she hooked up with Travis. She said, do you think Landon will admit? And then no one talked about that at the reunion. It was just kind of like nobody wanted to be like, hello, what? That normally that's like the smoking gun on our show. I mean, it was, I remember because, you know, we, we don't see everything that happens. So when you see something like that, I remember like most of the time, like we get it early and I feel like I watch it standing up and I'm like, but then you see those scenes and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I was like, wow. And I kind of clapped, but I was like, you know, I don't know one way or the other. And that's why I didn't watch what happens live. I was like, I have no idea. I just know how we are. Like we're all fun people. We like to party and you know, if you're in another country. I appreciate that. That was very, like, political of you. Like, it was super fair. But come on. Where there's smoke, there's fire normally always. Right. Well, and then, so then you have Robin that says that at the end. And I think I, I did listen to your your one when you were talking about this. And I think one of the people you had on was, like, kind of, like, on the other side where I was like, Maybe she was just trying to get on TV, and I was like, they had no clue. Yes. They no, no, yes, exactly. Downstairs. Mm -hmm. Because Landon tweeted out that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. No, I'm just. I know. I mean, it was what you said was exactly right. I was like, there was a rogue camera guy upstairs next to a sound guy, and I was like, Chef left the fight downstairs because he fucking hates that shit, and was just talking to his date. It was at the end of the night, and. You know, if you're trying to get on TV, you would be opening up to the camera like they could see your face. Oh, yeah. You do way more than that. You fucking stir shit up in the right way. She did not know. No. I mean, so regardless of, you know, that, I mean, whatever happened, I mean, she had no idea she was on camera. And that's why Chef's reactions always are my favorite. He was, like, taking a drink or, like, looking the other way. And then he came back and he was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like... I mean, yeah, I, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that, like, who the fuck cares? Like, it's not, you know, I mean, I'm saying on, like, their part, like, or Landon and Thomas, and, you know, I love Landon to death, and, you know, I'll tell you that you're pretty wrong on her, which is good. Wait, I hope so. See, I want to give you a chance to tell me I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. No, you are, which is good, but I don't blame you because... The whole, I've never seen someone so hated in my life, you know, on one of these shows. Even when Shep and I were against each other, there was a Team Craig and a Team Shep. Like, she had no one having her back. And I, like, tried to tell her when we were, like, you know, filming and stuff. I was like, Landon, like, I know you and Catherine have your history, but I was like, a lot of that, you know, the viewers will never see. Like, you know, we weren't filming. And I was like, you know, she, in everyone's eyes, is just this, like, single mother left on her own and I was like you can't trash her but she is honest and she's you know herself so she was like fuck that I'm not like sugarcoating anything so she was just herself but um, I mean I'm really good friends with Landon Landon's like she's great I mean she you know one of my buddies is you know broke his neck a few years ago and is in a wheelchair and like the first day or two I met Landon like she came over his house and hung out for a long time like she's I don't know. It's hard to do over, like, you know, not that, you know, this interview, but I am, I am telling you that there's hope, and if you met her in person, you wouldn't 
No, that makes me no, that makes me happy because like I don't want to feel this way. And that's why like the whole season I kept being like, just wait for another episode, wait for another episode, just keep watching. Because we all know what this is like. I mean, season one, I had like death threats, bomb threats. We had to like leave Sir one time because there were bomb threats because people hated me so much. I get it. Like you can only show so much of of a story because there's only an hour in every episode. So like I get it. So, but what I kept seeing of Landon was just like so unsavory that I did, I, I couldn't find redeeming qualities and I want to. So like, I hope that next season is like her redemption season then. Well, and that's what like, you know, I, like I said, we've been listening to podcasts and I can hear you and you were always optimistic about it, but yeah, the show didn't give you anything. Like every episode I'd be like, Oh fuck. I was like, Landon, you're so screwed. And that's just because. You know, it's tough. Like, if we are in person, I could explain it to you. But, like, on this, it's just, like, she wasn't good as, you know, it was her, what was it, her second season or first, or, yeah, second. And, like, she just didn't understand it yet. Like, she didn't understand how, you know, if you said some things, they were probably going to be aired over other things. And, yeah. you know, she just, she did get a horrible edit. Um, you know, Lannon... I don't know. She's kind of like, I mean, I view her as my little sister. She's just kind of like a sweetheart who usually has nothing bad to say about anyone, but, you know, she just doesn't get along with Catherine, and she pushes Catherine's buttons, and, you know, it turned into, you know, a really good, you know, thing to show. I mean, people watched it, and... Yeah, I mean, you know how to... Well, yeah, of course, it made the show better. I just feel like Landon has the ability to be, like, the most likable person by just being like, yeah, even if she didn't, like, have sex with Travis or something, she's like, yeah, we hooked up. I'm really sorry about that, but, like, I didn't know that, like, you guys were having... I, I have no idea what was going on, and then it would be done. When someone tries to hide something for so long, it's just, like, it makes you not trust them as, like, a character or somebody that you watch on TV. Right, and that's what, like... You know, at the reunion, like, I was trying to control Catherine and, like, keep her there. And, you know, she had been through, like, a really tough two weeks. And, you know, it, it took a lot of work for me for me to even get her on stage. And, you know, then we finally got to the point where I was like, I was like, Catherine, I was like, if Landon admitted it, would you, like, hate her anymore? And she was like, no. She's like, it's just the fact. It's like eating me alive that they, like. And I get that. Do I really do get that. And, and it was kind of, I think that's why, like I said, you know, the show only shows so much. And I watch your guys' show. And, um, but then I was, like, listening to your podcast. And I was, like, you know, she's very similar to me. And, like, she sees, like, she gets it. And I was, like, it's just, like, I don't know. She All she had to do was, like, you know, there were some times where, like, Landon purposely was, you know, messing with Catherine. And there's plenty of times where Catherine freaked out on Landon. But... You know, Landon is a single girl that has, you know, a clear head and, you know, it doesn't bother Landon as much as it would, you know, a girl that's pregnant with, you know, with a, with her second child. And so Landon would mess with her. Um, and I just don't know if, like, Whitney got in her head, like, her and Cameron, and we're like, look, like, Catherine's bad news or what, but then... You know, of course, then at the reunion, thank God he did this because we have been filming for like eight hours. Whitney? And I was probably going to, yeah, like we were filming for like eight hours. I was probably going to have to go to war with Whitney. And 
he like just decided to hug Catherine. I loved that. Or like everything's good. And I was like, holy shit. I remember I was like, I, I don't know where I was. I was either trying to Andy like off stage or something. And uh, I was like, dude, this is, I was like, that's who we like really are. Like no one cares that much, you know? And then later that night, like we took Catherine out and Whitney called me or texted me and he's like, I'm at this like new exclusive like pop-up bar. So I was like, well, I'm with Catherine. He's like, I don't care. Bring her. Like, let's show her a good time. And you know, her and Landon ended up like hugging at the bar and I was like, oh my God, what is happening? What? This is awesome. It's really just like an ego thing, you know? It's like, they don't want to let each other get away with it. Like, like Catherine doesn't want to let Landon get away with, you know, acting like she's a princess. And then Landon doesn't want to let Catherine get away with acting like a victim who, you know, has never done anything. I don't know. They just never were able to, like, come to a healthy medium. I understand that. And also, a lot of the time, sometimes people just don't get along, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that if, like, two personalities just, like, don't mix well but there is like a I just feel like when people own what they've done wrong and say yeah I did fuck with you because I feel like you're an asshole then it's just like it's dropped you know what I mean just own your shit I feel like that's like the best thing that anyone can do is just like own his or her shit yeah no one's gonna get mad at you like they're gonna be like well shit what am, what am I gonna get mad about they just owned it and you know it's kind of like in high school or whatever it's like wait Who's deciding if I'm cool or not? Once you just decide you're cool, like, people accept how you're representing yourself. So if you represent yourself as, like, yeah, I messed up, I did this, like, sue me, then it'd be like, all right, like, I don't have to convince them of everything. That's like, when Naomi and I have begin an argument, it's completely over the second, like, it's never gotten to, like, we don't have to convince each other we were wrong. We're like, yeah, I fucked up, you know? And then it's like, all right, cool, that's all... You know, it's most of the time in arguments about, like, trying to convince the other person you're right. It's, like, it's a waste of energy. That's true. That is what it's all about. Yeah, and I know I'm rambling, but, like, your point was perfect. Like, you don't have to get along with a person. No one can force you to be friends. But, you know, that example is, like, when Cameron didn't get a coffee with her, which I thought was messed up, but that was them being forced into a one-on-one. I was, like, inviting her to a birthday party where there's 50 people. I was, like... That's not really, you know, an event where you're going to be forced to talk to her one-on-one. So I just kind of got, you know, had enough. But sorry if I'm... No, I love this all so much. I really want to talk about something because I really want everybody to feel safe. I feel very passionately um, about uh, everybody feeling safe because I live alone. I I live alone in an apartment. I have two dogs, yes, and all my neighbors watch out for me all the time, and that's wonderful. But sometimes you still feel unsafe. And I started working with Ring, and it's ring.com. It sounds like it's like a ring like on your finger, but it's not. It's a security system. So basically, Ring has this whole situation set up where – they have a doorbell and a video camera outside of your front door. And you can pick, honestly, like the best part of it is that you can pick like what you want your doorbell to look like. Gold, silver, copper, whatever. I obviously cho- chose gold because I love gold. Um, but just imagine when somebody walks past your front door. Okay? Say it's even the mailman. They walk past your front door. Imagine if you had an app and a video camera at your front door. 
and your doorbell was connected to that app and that video camera, you'll never feel unsafe again. So what Ring is doing is that they're making this security kit. So you have your doorbell and then you have a video camera and whenever there's movement in front of your front door, if you're not at home or even if you are, your phone, because you have an app, gets alerted that somebody's in front of your door. And what makes it even better is because, listen, burglaries are a huge thing and I get scared of this and this is why I'm, I'm, very, I'm very passionate about this. Burglaries happen all the time. And normally when somebody's trying to uh, steal something or break into somebody's home, it's somebody that has already studied what your habits are or it's somebody that you kind of maybe already know. So if you have the security system on the outside of your front door and you get alerted when somebody's walking past your front door, you're also able to speak to them through your phone on this app. So say like, a serial killer or even the mailman who's like doing his job. I'm saying any type of person or your neighbor walks in front of your door. You'll get alerted on your phone through this app. You can watch it on the video and then you can actually speak to them. You can speak to them through your phone and basically be like, yo, back off or like, hey, you're fine. Leave the package and like don't ask questions. You know what I'm saying? It's the best situation for somebody who needs to feel safe. I feel like if somebody just went off to college or got their first apartment, it's just, it's a really cool thing because I know that I'm, okay, recently 28, but I still feel scared a lot of the time because I love scary movies and and it's made me feel so much more safe. And I'm giving you guys a deal right now. So my listeners are getting $50 off the Ring of Security kit. $50 Fifty dollars a lot is a lot. <laughs> if you go to ring.com slash Stasi, and that's R-I-N-G dot com slash Stasi, you have to go right now and type it in. Just like see if you like it, because I know you will. It'll make you feel very safe. It makes me feel very safe. Don't let me down, you guys. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. She's never one to hold back on any topic. This is Straight Up with Stassi. Um, speaking of Naomi, because uh, you were talking about how you guys don't have to prove each other, that each other's wrong when you guys fight. First of all, relationship goals. Cool. Wish all of us could learn how to do that in our relationships. So you said on Watch Happens Live that you're going to propose once you have mastered French enough to ask her father's hand in, for her hand in marriage, right? Yeah. How far along? How 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 good are you right now? Are you using T Rav's French tutor? No, no. And I thought that was one of the coolest things Winnie did this season was uh, he just like no one knew Winnie could speak French because he's kind of a mysterious guy. And then when Thomas was going on one of like try to speak French rants, Winnie just like yeah told him off in French. And I was like, holy shit! I knew you could speak French. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I was like, that's one cool thing he did. But uh, it's honestly, it's like the hardest thing I've ever attempted to do because it's, the pronunciation is different and like, you know, and it's good. I'm doing well, but, you know, spending time there helps. But I'll be like, so what's that word saying? And Naomi is saying, I'll be like, how in the hell did you get that from, you know, what, what those letters make up? But, I, you know, it's really just the proposal thing is 
you know, Naomi and I know we're going to get married. Like, you know, we basically, we live our lives, you know, how we want to live them. We don't live them, you know, for anyone else. And I think, you know, part of my explanation got cut short on the reunion and, you know, I was kind of bothered by it, but I understand there's only a limited amount of time. But my point was, you know, Naomi and I don't, like, the only reason we would get engaged right now is for other people, you know, because everyone else is like, you need to propose, you need to propose, like, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, you know, for Naomi and I, like, you know, we don't have to. And we kind of, like, are enjoying, you know, we got really lucky. We're very fortunate. No, like, you're really lucky. Like, like, abnormally lucky. (laughs) Both of you guys. Well, thank, well, so I didn't date anyone for nine years. I, didn't, I wasn't with a girl for more than three weeks, nine years. Whoa. Uh, so you were like one of those douches that just like dated someone for a few weeks and you're like, eh, ghosting now. Yeah, but no, but they always knew what they were getting into. So I actually wasn't. I was like the escape. Like mm-hmm. I was, and I'm not trying, I mean, but I had like, in order to tell it right, you have to tell the truth. And it probably will sound douchey, but, you know, it wasn't like a, we meet and we go on dates and like, you know, I court them until they sleep with me and then, you know, I ghost them, which I just realized, or I just found out that was the word and I was like, I always wondered what that word was. But what happened <laughs> was like, basically, I let my guard down like nine years ago, ten years ago, um, you know, I was with someone for like two months and then I got cheated on. So I was like, well, you know, there's only two outcomes with dates and you either get married or you break up. And I was like, breakups suck. And so what's the point of dating someone or misleading them unless you see yourself marrying them? And I know, like, sometimes things, you know, take some time to develop. But I was like, well, no, you either know or you don't know. I mean, you either know or, I don't know, I always So, basically, I was kind of like, me and my best friend were, you know, girls escape. Like, they get out of a real bad relationship where the guy would call them 11 times in an hour and be like, where are you? I heard you went to the bar last night. Like, who was there? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, real jealous guys. Mm-hmm. And they would call us or, like, come hang out, and they knew they were going to have a good time. And, like, whatever happened, they knew I wasn't going to text them a million times the next day being like, you know, we weren't possessive. We were basically just having, you know, we were... We were Casual. A good time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and so then... You know, after three weeks, usually, you know, a lot of times the girl would be like, well, maybe I'm different. Maybe I could change or change him. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was just like, look, like, you knew what you were getting into. And, you know, I'm friends with almost every girl that I was ever with. It was very, you know, that's the problem is if, you know, they don't know and you're lying to them and they think that there is a possibility. Like, I think people that do that are messed up. But I think that... And the girl knows you're just like, you know, Charles seems like party boy. And, you know, if they go out with them, I'm not going to date anyone. I, I don't know. I never had to feel bad because I just felt like if we were very open. Like, everyone knew what they were getting into. So, I don't know. No. I don't know how a girl would. I feel you. Explanation, but, yeah. No, but I love that you guys are waiting to, to get married on your own time. You don't need to because you're already goals. So, like, just chill and have fun and enjoy each other. Well, thank you. So I'll skip all the stupid ramblings. Anyway, I fell for Naomi like four years ago. Um, it was actually right when we started to film the pilot for Southern Charm. And like, what? I couldn't get her to talk to me. Yeah, so there's actually our, uh, the owner.
owner of our production company has found footage of like this random event we had, and in the background, Naomi and I are talking like to each other in the far background, and I was like, no way. Oh my god, that is so cute. I hope they air that at some point. I know. I was like, Aaron, you guys—they're working on like releases and stuff. So basically, I like knew right when I saw her. Cause, like I said, I wasn't gonna settle down and, and until I met the right person. So I knew, and she just wanted to give me the time of day. Like you know, she'd have her table on the bar, and I'd have mine, and like you know, everyone else I could talk to. And I, I actually took. It's like I would make an effort to go over to her and start a conversation and she'd look at me and then just look back at her phone. Like she wanted nothing to do with See, she's a baller. And I knew it. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of a badass. So she was like, look, I thought you guys were douches. Like I didn't want to be one of those girls. And, you know, I always hoped you were different, but, you know, I wasn't going to find out for myself. So anyway, like fast forward four years, um, probably the reason I never dated anyone because I knew what it felt like, and I was like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, whatever I already told you, I'm not going to mislead them until I find my one. So she, I was living at home, and she sent me a Facebook message. And, like, we had, like, you, you know how you Instagram flirt, like, you like each other's pictures, you know, before you have thousands of followers, you actually see who likes your picture. Right, yeah. You know, so we had always kind of stayed in, like, touch that way, kind of. Yeah. And she sent me a message, and I was like, look, I still think you're a loser, you're not cool, but I just broke up with my boyfriend, and you're the only person. I think everyone takes gay in such a bad way, but like they shouldn't. But it was like you're the only person like gay enough I know that'll go to bachelor with me. She's like, I have an extra ticket. She's like, you want to go with me? She's like, but again, like I don't think you're cool, and I still think you're a loser. That's cute. Oh my god, I love this. Yeah, so that was kind of the you know. It, I remember, like, taking 45 minutes to, like, write the text back, not on purpose, just because I couldn't get it perfect. And I was like, God damn it. I was like, you can't even pick up, like, make any girl you want like you. And I was like, this is the only time it counts. So, anyway, I was like, actually hosting Fashion Week, and she didn't know, so I was coming down anyway. And um, that was our first date. And then, um, yeah, we dated long distance for, like, four months, but she would always fly up and see me, and I was fly down to her and then you know we've been together ever since that is so freaking cute i want to throw up right now i feel like i'm not like emotionally stable enough to like hear like that cute of a story at this point like what i can't wait to meet you guys are you actually are both of you actually coming out to los angeles next month yeah hopefully uh in the middle of the month we'll be flying out there so obviously i want like you to meet her because you like her way more than me she's uh, actually like no, you don't understand. I have this thing with Naomi where, like, I get it. I'm like, she doesn't know yet, but it's like, we could be, like, really good friends. But, like, you'll know soon, Naomi. But, like, maybe not today, but soon. <laughs> She'll like that because she's obsessed with you. So, I mean, that's uh, I mean, that's basically why we were going to do the ring thing. We weren't going to do it on TV. And basically, like, like I said, we're lucky enough that you know, we're very secure with ourselves and we only do things for ourselves. So I was like, look, like we're doing everything right, but you know, you're only 23, you know, I want to be around for more than 10 months before I propose. Like her parents are like very yeah. legit people. They're awesome. But you know, no one ever plans on getting divorced when they get married and you know, people that are smart realize that. So I was like, but I do want you to have something we had talked about maybe me getting her right hand ring. 
it was funny because when we were in the mall, like I picked out like the flashiest like pink ring, and I was like, "Oh, you love this, right?" And she like threw up on herself, and I was like, <laughs> "I asked her what she liked because I had no clue. Everything I picked was like apparently awful in the girl world. Like I like wait, the ring that you chose on camera, the vintage one, is amazing. No, 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 no. Yeah, well, thank you. So then I knew to go to this vintage shop, and she didn't know I was actually going to do it. Um, so it's like from 1910. It was like a miner's cut ring that's kind of like was lost, and it was just found in the state. See, that's really fucking cool. Stuff with history, it, that's really cool. Yeah, and so that's what mattered to her. And so anyway, fast forward, she had no idea I was going to do it. But I was like, you know, out of all the things we put on like camera, I was like, this might be like a fun memory to have. So the camera guys that were with me buying it, like, I remember John crying, like, at the foot of my bed. Like, they're holding their cameras, but they're, like, because they knew what was going to happen. And, like, the one's crying, and, like, Aaron's in the green room. Like, you know, she's, like, crying. And then we finally, you know, got to give it to her. So that was kind of... That is so cute. Yeah. So that was, that was our story. Wait, this is so exciting. I can't. So please promise me that when you guys come back in L.A., because I have to wrap it up now, when you guys come to L.A., we can do a podcast in person, all three of us, and like we get to hang out. Of course, but only if you come out to uh, Charleston and see us. We're building a house right now. We're right on like the water and you come boating with us for like a weekend and uh, show you this world. You yeah, you don't have to twist my arm like for realsies. Uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to start, like, group texting you and Naomi and, like, bullying you guys into, like, inviting me places. <laughs> well, we had – and Whitney's spot's cool. He's on – he's in Bel Air, so I don't know how far that is. Wonderful. We're all in West Hollywood. So we'll make this happen. Hold on. Ask me last name, one last short question. What do you really wanted to ask? This is the most important question that, like, I've thought about for, like, weeks, okay? So, like – for realsies, I know I warned you, I said there's something that I just really need to know, and I just need to know where I can buy Naomi's striped dress, the black and white striped one. What? Hold on, I'll tell you. Yes. It's so Bridget Bardot. She says it's... Um... She said, my dress is from Zara and Madrid. No way. See? So then I'm not going to be able to get it. Zara and Madrid is way different than Zara that you get in the U.S., I feel like. But I'm still going to search for it. I'm going to go on eBay. Yeah. Zara's is like the best store ever. That's like the only place we all shop. It's like, what would we do without Zara? (laughs) (laughs) We'd be a lot poorer. Yeah. Well, pretty much. Um, Craig, thank you so much. Like, you don't understand. This has been like the most fun hour. I was very flattered, and of course, I wish I could do it in person. But but you are going to do it in person. <laughs> exactly. Nine months, like probably like countdown, like thirty days from now. Yes. Perfect. Thank you so much. Please give Naomi a big kiss for me, and I'm going to text y'all in a little bit. Okay, of course. Thanks for having me again, and we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, Craig. All right. Bye.